story three of the human boy again by eden philpotts this librivox recording is in the public domain story three the bankruptcy of bannister one i am bannister and what happened to me was a very gradual thing at first but it grew and grew until finally something had to be done and that something was called bankruptcy curiously enough i had heard the word before at home in fact as i told gideon who kindly let me explain my position to him my father had once been bankrupted and when he was a bankrupt my mother cried a good deal and my father talked about everlasting disgrace and a bloodthirsty world and something in the pound and then there came a day when my father told my mother gladly that he had been discharged whatever that was and my mother seemed much pleased in fact she said thank god gerald and they had a bottle of champagne for lunch it was in holidays and i heard it all and tasted the champagne and didn't like it so remembering this when gideon talked of me being a bankrupt i said all right and the sooner the better as i say one gets hard up very gradually and the debts seem nothing in themselves but when owing to chaps bothering you go into it all on paper you may often be much surprised to find how serious things are taken altogether what i found was that my pocket-money was absolutely all owed for about three terms in advance and that steggles who lent me a shilling upon a thing called a mortgage the mortgage being my bat was not going to give up my bat which was a spliced bat and cost eight shillings and sixpence he said what with interest and one thing and another his shillings had gained six shillings more and that if he didn't take the bat at once he would be out of pocket so he took it and he played with it in a match and got a cluck's egg and i was jolly glad then the tug-woman who is allowed to come up to the playground after school with fruit and sweets and such like was owed by me seven shillings and fourpence and she wouldn't sell anything more to me and asked me rather often to pay the money i told her that all would be paid sooner or later and she seemed inclined not to believe it other debts were one and six owed to corky minimus for a mouse that he said was going to have young mice but it didn't and he had consented to take ninepence owing to being mistaken tin lin chow the chinese boy was owed four shillings and threepence for a charm it was a good enough charm made of ivory and carved into a very hideous face all the same it never had done me much good for here i was bankrupted six months after buying it and the charm itself not even paid for there was a lot of other small debts some merely a question of pens and caterpillars but they all mounted up and so i felt something must be done because being in such a beastly mess kept me awake a good deal at night thinking what to do therefore i went to gideon who is a jew and very rich and well known to lend money at interest he is first in the whole school for arithmetic and his father is a diamond merchant and a banker and many other things that bring in enormous sums of money gideon has no side and he is known to be absolutely fair and kind even to the smallest kids so i went to him and said please gideon if it won't be troubling you i would like to speak to you about my affairs i am very hard up in fact and fellows are being rather beastly about money i owe them i'm afraid i can't finance you bannister said gideon awfully kindly my money's all out at interest just now and as a matter of fact i'm rather funky about some of it 
i don't want you to finance me i said and that would be jolly poor fun for you anyway because i've got nothing and never shall have in this world as far as i can see i only want you to advise me i'm fourteen and three-quarters and when i was twelve and a half my father got into pretty much the same mess that i'm in now and he got out again with ease and even had champagne afterwards by the simple plan of being bankrupt oh it's not always an honourable thing i warn you of that said gideon i'm sure it was perfectly honourable in my father's case i said because he's a frightfully honourable man and i am honourable too and want to do what is right and proper as soon as possible why don't you write to your father asked gideon because he once warned me when he was being bankrupted in fact that if ever i owed any man a farthing he would break my neck and my mother said at the same time blubbing into a handkerchief as she said it that she would rather see me in my coffin than in the bankruptcy court all the same they both cheered up like anything after it was all over and father said he should not hesitate to go through it all again if necessary but still i wouldn't for the world tell them what i've done in fact they think that i have money in hand and subscribe to the chapel offertories and do all sorts of good with my ten bob a term whereas the truth is that i have to pay it all away instantly on the first day of the term and have had to ever since two terms after i first came what you must do then is to go bankruptive a watch and you have that chinese charm you bought from tindling chow and various other things including the green lizard you found on the common last saturday if it's still alive i can't give up the watch i said it isn't mine it's only lent to me by my mother the lizard died yesterday i'm sorry to say owing to not liking captivity well at any rate the thing is to declare something in the pound gideon told me it may be i said but first get your pound you can't declare anything in the pound if you haven't got a pound at least i don't see how he seemed doubtful about that and changed the subject anyway i'll be at the meeting of creditors he promised and i felt sure he would be because gideon was never known to lie Two a good deal happened before the meeting of creditors among other things i went down three places in my form because my mind was so much occupied with going bankrupt and i also got into a beast of a row with the doctor which was serious and might have been still more serious if he had insisted on knowing the truth it was at a very favourite lesson of the doctor's namely the scripture lesson and as a rule he simply takes the top of the class and leaves the bottom pretty much alone because at the top are macmullen and richmond and prodgers all flyers at scripture and their answers gave the doctor great pleasure and at the bottom are me and wilson minor and west and others and our answers don't give him any pleasure at all but sometimes he pounces down upon us with a sudden question to see if we are attending and he pounced down upon me to see if i was attending and i was not because my mind was full of the meeting of creditors who were more important to me for the minute than the people in the old testament so when the doctor suddenly said tell us what you know of gideon bannister if you please i clean forgot there was more than one gideon and said gideon is an awfully decent sort sir and he has advised me to offer something in the pound naturally the doctor did not like this in fact he liked it so little that he made me go straight out of the class and wait for him in his study 
then he caned me for insolence combined with irreverence and made me write out about gideon and the dew upon the fleece twenty-four times which i did i also asked our gideon if he was by any chance related to the bible gideon and he said that it was impossible to prove that he was not and that it was also impossible to prove that he was in any case he said such things did not trouble him though a friend of his father's wanting to prove that he was related to a man who died in the year seven thirty four a d went to a place called the herald's office and gave them immense sums of money and they proved it easily he said also that it was a jolly good thing the doctor did not ask for particulars because if he had known that i was a bankrupt and just about to offer something in the pound he would probably have expelled me on the spot gideon asked me if i had done anything about the bankruptcy and i told him privately that i had but i did not tell him what i had in fact taken a desperate step and written a letter to my grandmother i marked it private in three places and begged her on every page not to tell my father because my father was her son and he had often told me that if i wrote to her for money he would punish me in a very terrible manner how he never mentioned but he meant it and so i had to make my grandmother promise not to tell him i wrote the letter seven or eight times before i got it up to the mark then i borrowed one of foster's envelopes already stamped with pink stamps for writing home and sent it off it was the best letter i ever wrote or ever shall write and this is how it went my dear grandmother i write this line though very busy to hope that you are exceedingly well and enjoying the fine weather i hope your lovely little clever dog fido is well also i never see such a clever and beautiful dog anywhere else my parents write to me that they are well i am quite well at least i am quite well in body though i have grown rather thin lately through not being able to eat enough food this is not the fault of the food it is my mind you will be very sorry to hear dear grandmother that i am a bankrupt i hope you may never know what it is to be one for it is very terrible especially if you are honourable and honest as i am owing to the books you always give me so very kindly at christmas to be a bankrupt is to be called upon at any moment to have to pay something in the pound and this is a dreadful position but even more dreadful in my case than in some others for instance when dear father was bankrupted he paid something in the pound and had plenty over for a bottle of champagne but in my case i have not got the pound i don't mean of course my dear granny that i want anybody to give me the pound but the terrible thing is i can't be a bankrupt without it and so really i don't know what will happen to me if i don't get it if by any wonderfully kind and lucky chance you could lend me a pound my dreadful situation would of course improve at once and i should no doubt get fatter and cheerfuller in a few days but as it is i lie awake and sigh all night and even wake chaps with the loudness of my sighs which fling things at me for keeping them awake but i cannot help it i don't tell you these things to worry you dear granny as very likely you have worries of your own but it would not be honest not to tell you how badly i want a pound just for the moment 
there is to be a meeting of my creditors in the gymnasium in a few days and how am i going to declare anything in the pound i don't know it makes me feel terribly old and i have gone down several places in my class and been terribly caned by dr dunstan but nothing matters if i can honourably get that pound it would change the whole course of my life in fact my beautiful bat has gone you will be sorry to hear owing to a mortgage and i hope you may never know what a mortgage is i have to borrow it now when i play cricket but i am playing very badly this term because you cannot be in good form if the brain is worrying about a pound i shall lose my place in the second eleven i expect i have missed several catches lately and i fancy my eyes are growing dim and old owing to being awake worrying so much at night about that pound of course if you can give any sort of idea where i can get that pound i shall be very thankful unfortunately in this case five shillings would be no good and even ten would be no good strange though it may seem only a pound is any use i must now conclude my dear granny with best love and good wishes from your very affectionate grandson arthur mortimer bannister p s though all this fearful brain worry has thrown me back a lot in class still my scripture is all right and i shall be able to say the kings of israel either backwards or forwards next holidays in a way that i hope will surprise you i have been a good deal interested in gideon and the dew upon the fleece lately well i sent off this ripping letter which was far far the longest and best i had ever written in my life and before sending it i printed at the top of each page don't tell father feeling that to be very important then i waited and hoped that my grandmother would read the letter in the way i meant her to and great was my relief when i found that she had on the very morning of the meeting of creditors she wrote a whacking long letter and sent a postal order for a pound and the letter i put away for future reading and the postal order i took to mr thwaites who always changes postal orders into money for boys he seemed surprised at the great size of the postal order but gave me a golden pound and told me to be careful of it i was so excited that i very nearly got kept in at morning school but i escaped and when the time came i went to gideon and he walked up to the gym with me to meet the creditors three ten chaps were assembled for the bankruptcy but i jolly soon cleared out stepford because the sixpence he said i owed him had been paid at the beginning of the term and westcott was able to prove it so stopford went but reluctantly steggles also went he wanted me to take back my mortgaged bat and owe him about six shillings instead but knowing steggles i felt sure that something must have gone wrong with the bat and when i examined it i found that it was so in fact the bat was badly sprung and gideon said it was like steggles and a beastly paltry thing to try to do so steggles also went and that left eight fellows these eight chaps were told to make their claims and when they had gideon made me examine them to see they were all right only four claimed too much and mathers who is an awfully kind-hearted chap claimed too little so i said i'm afraid i owe you one and nine not one and three mathers and he said that's all right i knocked off a tanner when you won the house match against brown a week ago which shows the sort of chap that mathers was 
i said does anybody else feel inclined to knock off anything owing to my winning the house match against brown's but nobody did and seeing that five of the creditors actually belonged to brown's house i couldn't expect that they would when you've admitted the claims said gideon i'll add them up myself so i went through the claims and had to admit them all then gideon added them up and said the claims lodged against you bannister amount to exactly one pound twelve shillings and eightpence but i think you told me that the tuck woman was also a creditor if so she ought to be here i have spoken to her i said and she says that i owe her seven shillings and fourpence that is the figure i told her that i was going to have a meeting of creditors and she said i was beginning early and that she wished she could let me off but that she had an invalid husband and twenty small children at home or some such number then the debt ranks good said gideon so he added the seven and fourpence to the pound twelve shillings and eightpence the total liabilities are exactly two pounds said gideon now bannister as the debts are admitted to be two pounds the next question is what are the assets i may tell you kids he continued turning to corky minimus and fairlawn and frost who were the smallest of the creditors in size and age that the word assets which you very likely do not know means what bannister has got to pay you with you have made him a bankrupt and he owes you two pounds so now the simple question is how much can he pay of that money of course he can't pay it all else he wouldn't be a bankrupt but he is going to pay according to his assets now bannister he concluded turning to me you'd better tell the meeting what your assets are does everybody understand everybody understood or said they did except frost and he kept on saying over and over again like a parrot five pence and a lead pencil five pence and a lead pencil till gideon at last had to tell him to shut up and not interfere with the meeting then i spoke i said in a finite quiet sort of way as if it was an everyday thing i have decided to pay something in the pound gideon but gideon was rather impatient we all know that that's what we're here for he said you couldn't all know it i answered because none of you know that i've got a pound you can't pay something in the pound unless you've got one and i thought it might interest the creditors at this meeting to know that i have got one they were frightfully interested naturally and even gideon was i put it into his hand and he looked at it and turned it over and nodded the assets are a pound said gideon i've no doubt you'll all be glad to hear that the chaps evidently felt very different to me when they heard the assets were a pound because most of them as they told me afterwards didn't know there were any assets at all they got rather excited in fact and fowl even asked if there might be any more assets but i said no there is only this pound when i became bankrupt i determined that i would pay something in the pound and i wrote to private friends and put the position before them and they quite agreed with me and sent the pound and now i am going to pay something in it i don't quite know what that means but it is an honourable and proper thing to do and gideon does know what it means and i shall be very much obliged to him if he will say what i am to pay in it it is quite easy said gideon you have a debt you can't pay it all so you pay so much in the pound that's what i'm going to do i said 
the question is how much you're going to pay in the pound said forrest who had much more row than all the rest of the creditors put together though i only owed him a penny i know that's the question without your telling me i answered gideon has the pound and he will say what i am to pay in it gideon looked rather puzzled you don't seem to understand even yet bannister he said you don't pay so much in the pound of the assets you pay so much in the pound of the debts i didn't pretend to understand what gideon meant by this complicated way of putting it and told him so all i want i said is to do the strictly honourable thing and pay so much in the pound which i have handed over to gideon for that reason but gideon much to my surprise seemed to feel rather annoyed at this i wish you'd try and understand the situation he said when you speak of so much in the pound it's a figure of speech in a sort of way it isn't a real single solitary pound it's real enough i said thwaites gave it to me in exchange for a postal order this pound is real but then gideon broke off in a helpless sort of way and then he began again you owe two pounds do you see that of course i said that's the whole thing and you've got one pound do you see that he held it up as if he was going to do a conjuring trick with it of course i said i did see it then if you owe two pounds and can only find one how much are you going to pay in the pound whatever you think would be sportsmanlike gideon i said it isn't a question of being sportsmanlike it's a question of simple arithmetic he said you've got twenty shillings and you owe forty you owe just twice as many as you've got therefore it follows that you'll pay ten shillings in the pound and that's a good deal more than many people can i'll pay more than that i said i'll pay fifteen shillings what an ass you are bannister answered gideon you can't pay fifteen shillings you haven't got it to pay my dear chap i said i've got a pound you've got nothing at all he said you pay ten shillings in each of the two pounds you owe and then there's nothing left after that i began to see and when we went into it all and got change and paid each chap exactly half of what i owed him it turned out that gideon was perfectly right and there wasn't a farthing left over everybody was fairly well satisfied except the tuck woman but nobody seemed much obliged to me and i couldn't help thinking that though gideon had been awfully decent about it and managed it all frightfully well nevertheless a grown man would have managed it even better because take my father's bankruptcy and look how jolly different that turned out to mine i don't know what he paid in the pound but i do know there was enough left over for him to buy a bottle of champagne and for my mother to say thank god whereas my bankruptcy appeared to have left me exactly where i was before and there was nothing whatever left over to buy even a bottle of ginger beer i pointed this out to gideon and he said of course i don't know how much your father paid in the pound presently i said i'm awfully obliged to you gideon and i shall never forget how kind you have been and i wonder if you'd mind adding to your fearful kindness by lending me a penny what for said gideon ginger beer no i said for a stamp to write to my grandmother i may tell you privately that she sent that pound out of her own money and that it was very sporting of her and of course i must thank her gideon didn't much like it i could see but at last he brought out the penny and entered it in his book if you can pay it back by the end of the term i'll charge no interest he said 
and just to show what luck gideon always has the very next sunday at church i found a three-penny piece doubtless dropped by somebody so gideon had his penny back in three days and i went so far as to offer him a halfpenny interest but he would not take it from me End of story three